We work on addressing the true cause of stubborn weight, the underlying imbalances that affect metabolism and hormones to help women to lose weight in a way that's actually going to be sustainable. And our metabolisms are gradually reducing year on year, you know, particularly after the age of 35. And add to that, that the typical diets tend to make all those problems worse. Happy New Year and welcome back to the first episode of Catch Ups in My Kitchen in 2024. I am so excited for this year. I have a good feeling about it and there's lots we're looking forward to with regards to pushing the podcast forward. But to kick the year off, we are joined today by Louise, a nutritional therapist who focuses on women and particularly on women who struggle to lose weight or feel their best as they get older. This episode is so interesting as it debunks all the classic myths of how you should lose weight, such as eat less, be restrictive, work out more, and also it explains why women in particular struggle with their weight as they get older, and also what we can do now to prepare our bodies for the inevitable aging process. So girls, this is the episode to send to your mom right now. That's the great way to pick up some healthy habits to implement into the new year. And also it's so interesting for us if we're a bit younger to learn how we can look after our bodies to not only feel our best now, but also to prepare our bodies to feel our best in later life. So I hope you enjoy the episode. I think it's going to be a good one. And as always, have a lovely, lovely rest of your day. welcome to my kitchen how are you I'm really good thank you thanks for having me you're welcome so to kick start do you mind giving a quick elevator pitch who you are what you do sure so I'm a registered nutritional therapist and women's weight loss expert and I work with women who have found that it's become more and more challenging to lose weight over the years and most of the women that come to me have tried all the diets and they've you know, usually done things like diet pills and personal trainers and every diet you can imagine. And sometimes it's worked, but it just hasn't lasted. And sometimes it just has not worked at all. And so we work on addressing the true cause of stubborn weight, the underlying imbalances that affect metabolism and hormones to help women to lose weight in a way that's actually going to be sustainable as well as looking at the mindset and the behaviours that impact how consistent people are able to be with their healthy eating habits. Amazing. I mean, we are now in January and I think so many people listening will be like, oh my God, please help me. Because I think you can get in a real rut, you can lose your mind a bit over it and you can just keep trying and when it doesn't work you just get so disheartened and I think this is going to be a really popular topic before we get into it we have a quick fire round about all things food okay just a bit of fun so sweet or savory savory pizza or pasta pizza what is your go-to cuisine oh um mexican cook in or eat out cook in and what's your favorite delivery or takeaway um that's a really difficult question because where I live, we don't really have it. <laughs> Fine. So maybe you don't even, it's not something that you normally do. Yeah. But if I had to be pushed, I'd say Indian. Yeah. Good one. Mm-hmm. Good one. 
Okay, I want to kind of kickstart my questions with the biggest question, which is why do women struggle to lose weight as they get older? Yeah, this is such a good question. So as we get older, our hormones change. And at the same time, our metabolisms are gradually reducing year on year, you know, particularly after the age of 35. So it's a bit of a double whammy for women. Um, As your metabolism reduces, what's happening is you're losing muscle mass. So basically, if you don't use it, you lose it. So if you're not actively trying to maintain your muscle mass, it's going to be reducing over time. And muscle is metabolically active. So... If you have less less of it, you're going to be burning fewer calories, whether you're working out or whether you're just sitting there or sleeping or whatever. So that is a really big reason why it becomes difficult to lose weight as you get older for men or women. Um, But particularly for women, we've got the added hormone element. And after the age of 35, as you get closer to 40, there's a big shift happening in your body where you're starting to ovulate less frequently and you're starting to reduce the production of your sex hormones and the transition of perimenopause um, is basically where your ovaries are producing fewer hormones and your adrenal glands which are your stress glands they're starting to take over the production of some of the hormones and so we have less uh, sex hormones and that means that you're more likely to have insulin resistance, so poor blood sugar control, and that directly impacts your ability to burn fat. But at the same time, because your stress glands are taking over the production of your sex hormones, it essentially means that you're far less resilient to stress. So if you are under stress, which most women are, particularly in that age range of 40 to 50, because often you've got children and parents that are getting older and working full time and all sorts of things going on all that stress you're just less resilient to and too much stress or the hormone cortisol can drive fat storage as well so it's like a whole recipe for fat storage and then add to that that the typical diets tend to make all those problems worse So if you're doing restrictive diets, which is essentially eating less than you really need, then you're going to be losing muscle, you're going to be causing stress on your system, and you're probably going to be speeding up the decline of your sex hormones. So the things that we think we need to do to get that weight off can actually make it worse in the long run and make you hold on to more fat in the long run. Wow, so interesting. (laughs) And you know, women who have kind of worked out growing up and have been quite athletic and quite sporty, I guess then they are going to keep weight off for longer because of the muscle. Yeah. I didn't think about the muscle connection before, but that's quite an interesting one because I know that you kind of think about muscle memory and I'm guessing that has a massive link to kind of weight gain and weight loss as Mm -hmm. you get older. Yeah, definitely. If you've been active throughout your younger years in your 20s and 30s, it's definitely going to make it easier for you to keep that weight off as you get into your 40s and 50s. And even if you've had a period of time where you've been less active, say through having children or something like that, 
like you say, there's muscle memory. So it's going to be easier to retrain that muscle and, and find that tone again. Okay, interesting. And the women-men split, because I don't know if it's because women are just naturally more vain and they care more about what they look like that you hear more, or whether there is obviously the reasons about the hormones, but women definitely struggle more than men. So obviously you've got the hormone part, but do you think it's also because we restrict more than men do? Yeah, yeah, quite possibly. I think, um, I've, I've looked at many, many food diaries and the vast majority of women who come to me wanting to lose weight aren't eating enough. They are massively under eating. And when you do that, your your body's really smart and adaptive. So it's not gonna let you waste away. So if you're consistently not eating enough, then your metabolism is gonna adapt to that. It's gonna downregulate so that you're burning fewer calories at rest. So your metabolism down regulates and it means that you just you don't see the same results when you do restrict and you have to keep restricting more and more to get the same results so yeah i think that women definitely do restrict more and i I think it's probably partly because we don't know any other way of doing it women are probably more prone to gaining weight than Mm. men um and also there's just so much pressure on women to maintain this kind of uh you know norm of Mm. being slim or being a certain shape so true and I think I know we're talking about kind of women as they get older right now but I think that's the case for all women all girls we naturally think for example summer's coming let's eat less Mm -hmm. and then maybe we lose a bit of weight but then we'll probably put more back on Mm -hmm. and that's probably linked to exactly the same thing like our metabolism slows down and your body stores things because it thinks it has to yeah so that is so so interesting and so when women come to you and they're struggling to lose weight and they're restricting what do you advise them to do because obviously when you're like you need to eat more that really goes against the grain Mm -hmm. so should there be more food groups they should be eating more of rather than just more food in general because that just seems a bit counterproductive yeah absolutely it's about eating the right foods and what we find for most women is that when you get them eating the right foods which is essentially foods that are far more nutrient rich um because you know your your diet foods are very nutrient poor you know they they're just focusing on the calories and actually they're not great for supporting your hormones supporting your blood sugar control your insulin control so when you focus on eating the right foods firstly your body's really good at regulating your appetite maybe not immediately but you know it only takes a few weeks for some things to start balancing out and for you to start getting the proper hunger signals and fullness signals and not be kind of bombarded with cravings all the time so once you can get the right foods in your body's really good at regulating your appetite and what we find is that once we get people eating more of the right foods the weight actually tends to come off it's not always as simple as that you know there's always other things going on but that's a big part of it is making sure that your body has enough fuel enough nutrients to be able to repair and to be able to get into fat burning mode in the first place Mm. because we need certain nutrients to be able to burn fat so if you're lacking in uh, B vitamins particularly 
Uh, zinc is a big one. Vitamin A is a big one. If you're lacking those things, you're not going to be able to get into fat burning mode in the first place. Wow. And what foods should we be eating more of? So, I mean, obviously protein is one that I've seen that you've spoken about quite a lot. Should women be supplementing protein? Now, before you answer that, I've had an argument with my mum recently where we had this discussion and she said, we, you, I shouldn't be needing to supplement protein. I should be getting it all from food. I get that, but I take a protein supplement and she's like, again, and I'm, I'm plant-based mm-hmm. and her argument is you should be able to get all the protein you need from food. And I so get that and I'm a big advocate for that, but I just think that, I think sometimes you, you can't get it all from food. So what is your view on protein and supplementing protein and should women be supplementing it as they get older and the third part of the question (laughs) is what other foods should women be having more of what are those food groups Mm -hmm. so protein wise i i can see both sides of the argument because yes we should be getting enough from food because it is in most cases achievable to get plenty from food but you've got to look at the individual because you know if you don't like certain foods or you can't eat certain foods or if you've got digestive issues or various other things going on then there may well be a strong case for supplementing protein and you know supplementing protein is fine as long as it's good quality and that's a really big issue because most of the protein products that you find you know widely available are very processed have a lot of extra ingredients in that we don't really need and aren't great for us and a lot of protein powders fall into that ultra processed food category because of the way that they're made and the other things that are in them so if you can get a nice clean plain protein powder not necessarily flavorless but ones that haven't been filled with fillers and binders and all things to try and make them low calorie as well as high protein Mm -hmm. then actually it can be a really nice addition particularly if you're active and I think particularly if you're plant-based as well because it can be a challenge to get enough protein in consistently you know there might be plenty of days where you manage it but there might also be plenty of days where you don't manage it or maybe you're really busy or out and about and it's just not feasible to get enough protein in through food alone yeah okay that makes a lot of sense and I think you're right if you can get it from food great but it's not always achievable mm-hmm. I mean my favorite protein powder is form nutrition and I love that I think it's just being aware of the back of packet isn't it yes. and just making sure you're aware this episode is brought to you by parlor the sustainable solution to all your oral care needs we are now at the start of a new year which is a perfect time to make some small changes in order to live more sustainably Our toothpaste tubes and mouthwash bottles are not recyclable and not biodegradable. So every toothpaste tube you've ever used still exists on the planet today, which is mind-blowing. So whether you're looking for some high-gloss whitening toothpaste or mouthwash with probiotics inside, Parla is the answer. And by using Georgia Simmons, you can get 10% off your first order by heading to www.parlatoothpastetabs.com or clicking the link in the show notes. Make a purchase, make a small change, and that will have a huge impact on the environment. Now let's get back to the episode. And what other food groups should women be looking to increase as they get older? So we need to be making sure we're getting all the food groups. And this is where most people go wrong because as soon as you go on a diet, it's usually a case of let's cut out carbs or let's cut out fat. 
And actually, we need to be getting all of those things because we need enough protein to maintain our muscle and make sure that we can make hormones and keep us full up. And we need enough fat to again help us make our hormones, to make sure we're getting all the fat soluble vitamins, again, to keep us full up, to keep our skin nice. Um, and we need enough carbohydrates as well. And this is the one that, you know, a lot of people just cut out, you know, willy nilly when they want to lose weight. And carbohydrates are extremely important for women because we need enough carbs to fuel our thyroids. If we cut carbs too low, after a while, the thyroid can begin to slow down, become sluggish. And also we need enough carbs to fuel our hypothalamus in the brain, which is the ultimate control center for our hormones. So not enough carbs can have a really big impact on our hormones. But it's about finding the balance and making sure we're not overdoing, particularly the carbs, because we start going too high on carbs, particularly if they're refined and processed, then that's going to drive up our blood sugars. So we need to be getting all the food groups and it's about finding that right balance, which is really difficult to kind of give general advice on because everyone's different. Um, But a really good guide is having around about a quarter of a plate of protein, if it's like animal-based protein, more like a third of a plate if it's plant-based protein, and about half a plate of veg, sort of green leafy vegetables and the above ground veg, and around about a quarter of a plate or like a fist-sized portion of starchy carbs, which are things like your sweet potato, your root vegetables, um, and grains rice and bread and that sort of thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay interesting and fats this word is kind of like haunted everyone <laughs> hates the word fats but how do fats work and why is it that we do need them in our diet mm-hmm. so fats the main thing to realize is that the fat that we eat is very different to the fat that we store in our body they're they're different in structure and we when we eat fat, we break it down into its constituent parts and then we absorb it. And then all those different parts go off in the body and do different things. So by the time we absorb it, fat doesn't even resemble fat anymore. So we need to get out of our heads that just because we're eating 10 grams of fat doesn't mean that we're gonna gain 10 grams of fat. Mm. Um, so fat is, we, we still have to burn fat and it is something that um you know we have to we have to be able to get into fat burning mode and so we call it being fat adapted and a lot of women are carb adapted well not just women but people generally because most of us live a very high carb diet and so we're very used to being able to burn carbs or glucose as our main source of fuel And after many years of doing low fat diets, it can be really difficult to get your body to start burning fat properly again. So a lot of women find that when they first go on a diet, they lose a lot of weight quickly, which is often water weight, and then it just stops and nothing happens. And usually the reason for that is because they're not fat adapted, their body isn't able to burn fat. So if you're cutting down carbs and that happens then the likelihood is is that your body isn't getting properly fat adapted and again that comes back to 
making sure that you've got the right nutrients in place and almost retraining your body to start using fat for fuel again and how do you do that so being patient is really key Mm. and making sure that you're getting good quality fats into your diet so mostly plant-based fats um not seed oils or anything like that but more avocado and olive oil nuts and seeds um oily fish if you're if you eat fish um those sorts of fats are a really great way of fueling your metabolism and some people add things like mct oil into their coffee or into their diet which is basically the active ingredient in coconut oil and that is something that our bodies are really good at burning for fuel so helping your body to learn how to burn fat is key and so getting those good fats in but also just making sure you're getting plenty of nutrients into your diet loads of vegetables green leafy vegetables is going to help as well okay and does your diet growing up and kind of in your younger years and the way you look after your body when you're younger affect how your body ages burns carbs fats and kind of deals with your weight as you get older Mm -hmm. Yeah, your diet when you're younger definitely has an impact. It doesn't mean that if you had a really bad diet growing up, then you're a lost cause because the body has an incredible capacity to be able to heal and repair. Um, But what we know is that your childhood diet, you know, even from when you were in the womb, um, you know, your health then and your nutrient status then has an impact on your later life. So if you... um, didn't have a great diet growing up then your body copes with it really well Um, but what it does do is it impacts your gut microbiome and your gut microbiome is really really important for supporting your hormones and supporting the elimination of toxins the elimination of hormones um, and managing your immune system and inflammation and your tolerance of foods and the if the gut microbiome is compromised when you're younger then that particularly can have a big impact on your health you know chronic conditions how well you age your weight so for for so many women that i work with we have to do work on the gut Mm -hmm. because we run tests to look at what's going on in the gut and the vast majority i want to say about 90 percent of the women that we work with have gut issues going on whether they know it or not they may not have obvious gut symptoms but they have other symptoms that are linked to the gut which might be skin issues or hormonal problems um but what it shows on the tests is just a really common theme which is not enough good bacteria often an overgrowth of less beneficial bacteria and um, overgrowth of yeasts and this all interferes with how you absorb your nutrients how you detox and get rid of the waste products out of your body and so often we have to do work on healing the gut to actually get the weight to come off Mm, so interesting and what signs should we be looking out for as women that indicate that our gut microbiome might not be as healthy as we think it is so there's the more obvious gut signs so things like bloating and constipation diarrhea or just irregular bowel movements or kind of frequently changing bowel habits um lots of food intolerances as well as a key sign that there could be an imbalance in the gut and then there's 
other issues like eczema and asthma and hay fever all of those like atopic symptoms are ones that are so often linked to imbalances in the gut particularly from a young age Mm. Um, but also you know things like acne and rosacea and various other skin problems even joint problems can be linked to the gut because of the way that gut issues can flare up your immune system and basically make your immune system attack your own tissues Mm. so there's a really long list of things that can be linked to gut issues but if you've got a lot of various different things going on in different systems in the body there's a very good chance you've got gut stuff going on fine and so if you want to get that all tested where do you go so the best thing to do would be to work with a practitioner like a nutritional therapist because there are tests out there that you can get done um you know without working with a practitioner but it's kind of meaningless unless you can have it put into kind of interpreted into what you need as an individual mm. because you how a practitioner might action the results will depend on your medical history whether you're on any medications at the moment what other symptoms and problems you might have going on your dietary requirements and restrictions and so many other things so it's very difficult to take the information on your own and then put it into practice there are companies out there that are doing more and more of that now like zoe for example Mm. Um, and i think they do a really good job of offering something to the general public that is um is kind of tangible and achievable to help you make changes to your own diet um but i feel that to really get true transformation and address these gut issues properly as well as all the other things that are going on working with a practitioner is definitely the best way to go and will probably get you quicker results yeah no for sure so alcohol i feel like a lot of women can't kind of digest alcohol as well as they get older. A lot of women cut back on the amount they drink or just stop mm-hmm. drinking altogether. That may be to do with a lot of other reasons, but do you think that women struggle to kind of process alcohol as we get older? Yeah, definitely. I, I think it's, again, one of those things that a lot of women find that sometimes the only way they can consistently lose weight is to really slash the alcohol intake. Um, as well as working on all the other things that we've mentioned, you know, it's really the only thing that's stopping them. But when when you drink alcohol, you obviously have to metabolize it and you have to eliminate it via your liver. And then that gets processed and eliminated via your gut after that. And as you go through perimenopause and menopause, so really once you're into your 40s, there's, your liver's having to work quite hard because you're also detoxing a lifetime of toxins and things that you've been exposed to um, which could be pollution it could be fragrances um, you know things from like candles and air fresheners and things that are in your skincare products so your liver's having to work really hard anyway to detox all of these things and your liver also has to detox your hormones and then add alcohol to that mix and your liver's having to work really really hard if you have quite a high load, not necessarily a high load, but if, you, if you're having to detox alcohol as well as everything else, you're more likely to develop hormonal imbalances because your body is gonna be trying to detox the alcohol rather than the hormones. So you can end up 
recirculating your hormones around your body rather than eliminating them and that can contribute to imbalances like estrogen dominance which is often associated with things like heavy periods and uh, things like endometriosis and you know, various hormonal imbalances but it's also typically what happens in the early stages of perimenopause is that your estrogen level goes not high but dominant because your progesterone level drops quite rapidly and then towards the end of perimenopause your estrogen level kind of catches up and, and drops off as well so add alcohol into that and you can go even more estrogen dominant and that can cause a lot of like the pms symptoms and a lot of women find that the pms that they may have experienced in their teens and early 20s kind of comes back with a vengeance in their 40s when they become perimenopausal fine so would you say it's advised for women to kind of cut back a little bit on alcohol as they kind of get older because of the detoxifying the liver the hormones yeah definitely but also pretty much for every reason because what the research shows us now is that alcohol there's there's no healthy level of alcohol you know a few years back if you'd asked me what I would have said is that actually the research shows that a glass of wine an evening is fine and some of the research indicated that actually people who had a small amount of alcohol in their diets were healthier than people that didn't have alcohol at all which is really surprising right yeah but I was actually reading something this week I think that um has done a very detailed assessment of the research and just completely debunked that and now there's no safe level of alcohol and having alcohol in your system increases risk of cancers speeds up aging increases risk of chronic conditions so the guidance really should be that no alcohol is safe but you've got to weigh up you know having a healthy happy life you know finding that happy middle ground so the the likelihood is is that it's not going to do you any harm having a little bit of alcohol in your in your system um but particularly towards the beginning of your weight loss journey it's probably going to be helpful to try and eliminate the alcohol because it's going to really aid in balancing your hormones getting you fat adapted supporting your gut microbiome and all those things that we want to do to help your body lose weight without having to restrict your calories severely yeah no that makes sense and also I feel like sleep is a big one with alcohol as well like Mm -hmm. I know personally if I've had a drink the night before my sleep isn't great and I think sleep is a huge one when it comes to losing weight your body processing everything like Mm -hmm. sleep is obviously amazing and I'm I would say I don't look after my sleep enough it's the one thing that if I'm busy that will be the first thing that will go Mm -hmm. um and I think yeah so I think alcohol obviously has a massive impact on that on that as well definitely definitely and a lot of people think that they sleep well when they've had a drink and a lot of people might have a glass of wine to unwind Mm -hmm. and help them sleep better but actually you don't get into such a deep restorative sleep when you have alcohol in your system um and also your while you might get off to sleep more easily you're more likely to wake up in the early hours of the morning so you're going to have more disrupted sleep as well so yeah alcohol is definitely not helpful for sleep and like you say sleep is so so important when you want to lose weight but also just for anything health wise 
you know, there's more and more research coming out on the benefits of sleep. And what we know is that even just a small deprivation of sleep fairly consistently can impact your brain health, can really drive up inflammation in your body, um, can cause weight gain and can drive depression and mood disorders and all sorts of things. Mm. So it's something that I really try to drum into people is that if there's one thing you can do for yourself, make sure you get plenty of sleep because it's so detrimental to your health if you don't. And it's interesting because sometimes we have women in the program that I run who are doing really well and they're losing weight consistently and they're feeling really great. And then they'll come to me one week and be like, I don't know what's happened. I've stopped losing weight and um, my cravings have come back and I haven't changed anything at all. And then when we dig into it, we find that actually they've had a lot on and they've not been sleeping very well. They've still been eating well. They've still been working out, but they haven't been sleeping as well. And it just stops the weight loss in its tracks. So I always say... You know, rather than getting up an hour early and going to the gym, just get your sleep, get your seven hours in yeah. because that is so important. It's funny because so far this whole weight loss journey sounding great. Eat more, sleep, <laughs> <laughs> like this is great. But actually it's so funny because like you say, if you want to lose weight, you'd naturally think, oh my God, restrict, eat less, gym all the time, yes. don't sleep enough. And like all these are actually counterintuitive they're not Mm going to work in comparison to the opposite which is really really interesting Mm. i am proud to announce i am now an affiliate of huel if you have made some new resolutions to start the year such as getting more protein into your diet or eating a hearty and healthy breakfast huel may just be the answer i love having my fridge stocked with huel for those mornings where i'm on the go or if I have a podcast recording and want to grab something without making my kitchen messy, Huel is always my go-to. After having James Collier on the podcast, I can confirm that when they say each bottle is nutritionally complete and that each bottle contains 26 of your essential vitamins and minerals, they are right. My go-to flavor is chocolate and vanilla. So if you want to start adding some healthy habits into your everyday, place your Huel order today. Click the link in the show notes and place your order. Honestly, I love having my fridge stocked with these products. It's easy, convenient, and also super delicious. Let's get back to the episode. So my next question is about metabolism. So obviously, naturally, our metabolism does slow down. Are there ways of increasing our metabolism? Obviously, we've mentioned the kind of link to muscles and all of those things, but how else can we increase our metabolism? So yeah, muscles is is the main thing and making sure that you're working on building muscle but also that you're fueling your body so that you can build that muscle because it's all well and good going to the gym and lifting heavy but if you're not providing your body with enough protein and if you're not getting enough sleep so that you can do that repair after the workout then you're not going to be building muscle very efficiently so protein and sleep as well as the lifting are really important and you don't have to get really bulky and hench to you know, get the benefits of having, you know, kind of more muscle mass. Leaning out your muscle is really key. And as a lot of women get older and men as well, if you kind of look at a scan of their muscles, like a cross section, it kind of looks like streaky bacon in that, you know, the muscle might be the same size as it used to be, but it's streaked with fats. But 
what happens when you start working out is that that fat disappears and the muscle becomes leaner so it just becomes more dense with muscle tissue so it's not about getting really bulky and hench that's that's one thing to um, be aware of and then alongside alongside that a really key part of your metabolism is the energy burning factories in your um in your muscles and in every cell in your body so in every cell you have these factories called mitochondria and a lot of people learn about these in kind of basic school science um and basically it's where we take our fuel so our fats our proteins and our carbs and we use some nutrients we use some oxygen we use some water and we turn it into energy so it's where we make our energy and it's essentially fat burning is where the fat burning happens and that is where the problems can occur because like I was saying earlier if you're not fat adapted you won't be using your fat for fuel you'll be using glucose or you'll be using protein which is fine but we don't want to be doing that kind of most of the time we want to be burning fat so those little mitochondria can get damaged and they can also start to disappear as well and there's more and more research coming out on mitochondria for general health and there's a very strong link between the health of your mitochondria and the amount of mitochondria you have and your overall health and longevity. So looking after these is really, really important, not only for weight loss, but also for your long-term health. And making sure that we are fueling them properly is, is key. So we spoke about that earlier, making sure we get plenty of carbs, fats, proteins, and also nutrients, but also managing our levels of inflammation and our toxic load is really important as well because that's what damages the mitochondria so starting to think about your toxic load is really really key and we're exposed to loads of toxins every day all of us are and so things like pollution and fragrances and skincare and cleaning products Um, and the flame retardant coatings on sofas and so many things so there's little things that we can do to start reducing our exposure you know choosing more organic can help Um, trying to avoid plastic bottles and plastic food containers and trying to reheat food in glass as opposed opposed to plastic Mm. so all of that can help with reducing your exposure to these disruptive chemicals Um, but also optimizing your gut health and supporting your liver function which you know minimizing alcohol drinking plenty of water making sure that you're getting plenty of nutrients in your diet are all things that are going to help to reduce that toxic load and look after your mitochondria and help you burn fat Mm, amazing i think the whole toxin thing is really interesting and i think people often think oh god everyone's like taking this whole organic thing too far there's Mm -hmm. organic cleaning products organic loo roll organic but actually (laughs) these are the reasons it's because it's all coated with all these nasties which do get into our system and it's harder for our body Mm. this is another thing that our body has to work through and it does have an impact and Mm -hmm. i think I've recently switched all my plastic to glass and like I think these little habits are things because one of my questions was kind of like how can you prepare your body for when you get older and these little things are great to kind of build up those small little habits now Mm -hmm. so your body is used to it when you're older to prevent kind of struggling when you do get to the age where things do start to slow down and you do have to work that little bit harder yeah so 
although people might think oh my god it's just so much work and so much hassle and it's inconvenient and all of those things which I agree sometimes it can be but I think trying to work those into small little healthy habits now makes a massive big difference for the bigger picture when you're older definitely and you know often it's it's a bit of effort up front but then it you don't have to do anything after that like switching your Tupperware to glass once you've done that it's easy and they're actually super handy because you can cook in them and then you can just throw a lid on it and it saves washing up so you know there's little things like that which make a big difference but require a small amount of effort up front you know switching to a you know a, a metal or a glass water bottle is a really easy switch that will you know last you years um and just get into the habit of buying slightly different products so I think it's always best to do things gradually rather than trying to just kind of clear out your whole house of all these things but you know when you run out of some of your cleaning products start looking at alternatives that are more natural and some of those are things that you can make in your own home of like baking soda and lemon or white vinegar and that sort of thing and they're really effective Um, But if you can't be bothered to make them, there's so many companies out there now that offer natural products. And Mm. many of them are, you know, subscription services where you can just get them delivered to your door. And it's so, so easy. It feels like a lot when you start thinking about it. But actually, once you've done that initial effort of making the switch, it's just kind of all takes care of itself. Completely. And I think, I mean, I'm not plugging this brand at all. This is not paid, but Mm -hmm. a company that I love is Well Easy and they have all these organic products and Mm -hmm. it's a membership you pay yearly and then you get discounts off all these products. Mm -hmm. And it's so great. And like you say, you don't have to do it all at once. We are now in January and you might be looking at your life and looking at ways to tweak it and make it better and live a better version of yourself. Mm -hmm. And these are such small, but really, really great ways of looking after your body. Like changing your surface spray changing your Tupperware changing your water bottle Mm -hmm. trying to bring your chilli bottle on the go with you more like these are really really small little things Mm -hmm. but they do make such a big difference so I yeah I so get all of that and it's great to get the confirmation from someone like you because you you read all about this and you're like okay I should do it but really like is it that is it gonna make that much of a difference but actually it does make that much of a difference so it's good to get that kind of extra confirmation Mm -hmm. so my next question is about scales (laughs) I personally hate scales never stand on them hate them think they're a waste of time obviously I get they do track progress I Mm -hmm. get it's numerical I get it's accurate although is it (laughs) um so yeah what's your kind of view on scales and why might it not be a great way of always checking your progress so the scales are a very crude way of managing or assessing your progress you're looking at how much you weigh as opposed to how much fat you have, how much muscle you have. And the thing that is actually meaningful to most people is whether their clothes fit comfortably. So I always say, why not look at your clothes? Why not look at your waist measurements as opposed to just weighing yourself in the scales? Because what most of us want and what we really need to do is lose fat and gain muscle. So if you're gaining muscle, you're not going to be seeing a huge difference on the scales. So it can be really, really demoralizing to weigh yourself. And not only that, but women will have a natural fluctuation in their weight over the course of the month. We tend to gain a little bit of weight before our periods and then lose it again after our periods. If you have irregular cycles, then that's going to be a little bit all over the place and you're not going to know what's going on. 
And I can't tell you how often I have clients come to me and they're like, oh my God, I've had a really good week. I've tried really hard, but I've gained two pounds. And it's like, well, where are you at in your cycle? Okay, you're in the week before your period. So that makes sense. But it's completely derailed them. And it's, um, you know, often that's the point where they can end up giving up, particularly if you don't have someone there to support you and encourage you and reassure you that that's normal. Um, so, so often the weight on the scales doesn't correlate with your efforts and the actual progress that you're making. You know, we've spoken a lot about the underlying imbalances that cause stubborn weight and those things take time to rebalance and heal and you're not going to see that reflected on the scales particularly initially Mm. so yeah I'm not a big fan of the scales and I tend to recommend that if you must weigh yourself never do it more than once a week and really for women it only makes sense to weigh yourself once a month at the same point in your cycle because that's the only point where there's going to be kind of something that you can compare to Mm. so definitely ditching the scales is the way to go I am so pro ditching the scales I just think but also there's so many other factors like water retention um Mm -hmm. like just everything changes so much I just don't think it's accurate at all I think muscle weighs more than fat as mm-hmm. we've you know mentioned and I think if you're kind of doing more trying to build that muscle like you said mm. that's going to weigh more mm-hmm. um I think it's all so much about how you feel mm. like it's just a number and it doesn't mean anything apart from to you mm-hmm. and there's just no point looking at it if it's going to make you feel worse yeah. and I think it just doesn't correlate to how you look and how you feel and mm-hmm. how what's actually going on in your body. I think it's probably better to look at your skin and how your skin's looking Definitely. rather than how the number on the scales. Definitely. Your skin, your hair, your nails, really good reflection of progress and how kind of well you are internally. And many of the women that I work with report back that, you know, their hair's getting thicker and stronger and they've seen a massive difference in their nails, their skin's clearer, fewer fine lines and wrinkles. And that is such a strong reflection of the work that you've been doing and the progress you're making because particularly your skin is just such a reflection of your internal health Mm. um when we we were talking about the damage that can happen to the mitochondria and how that can impact your fat burning that same damage happens to your skin as well and that can speed up aging it can um you know make your skin more likely to have acne rosacea fine lines wrinkles dryness um so those are the sorts of things to look for improvements Mm. in those areas and again they're not going to happen immediately you know it will probably take a few months to really start seeing that transformation in your skin but yeah keeping an eye on your skin is a really great way to monitor progress i feel like your skin is like a magnifying glass into your body like i'm just such a big advocate for that Mm -hmm. that's why i always get so stressed i'm like oh my god i can see this is happening like i know everybody needs xyz but yeah i think it's yeah so good to keep an eye on your skin and talking of wrinkles and fine lines how can we prevent it it's a natural thing you cannot you know go back in time and like Mm -hmm. work miracles but what kind of foods should we be eating to kind of boost our collagen levels or what foods should we be eating to kind of prevent the aging process on our skin so collagen is definitely a big one and it's one that definitely seems to make a difference i've had many many clients say oh since i started taking collagen my skin has been so so much better um and you can supplement it no that's fine it isn't the cheapest option but 
it is a really nice addition to a supplement regime really easy to add into smoothies and that sort of thing um and collagen is is basically a protein so it's something that you can add to your protein powder or have in place of a protein powder to boost your protein intake as well um but you can also get it from food it's very difficult to get it or you can't get it from food if you're plant-based but there are plenty of nutrients that support the production of collagen so vitamin c zinc vitamin a vitamin e are all nutrients that are very supportive of skin health and connective tissue health and the connective tissue is basically what gives our skin structure um so making sure you're getting plenty of those nutrients in your diet is key but also antioxidants are massively important for skin health again we our skin partly ages because of the damage that's happening to it from toxins and pollutants and antioxidants are like the antidote to that so the name antioxidant is basically means oxidant is the damage part anti is to prevent the oxidation so getting plenty of colorful fruits and vegetables particularly the strong colors like dark purples and bright yellows and the deep oranges dark green leafy vegetables all those strong colors are a sign of antioxidants so making sure that you get plenty of those in your diet is going to help to slow down the aging process you know on your skin but also internally as well Mm, no amazing and what collagen if you're looking to supplement collagen is there anything you should be looking out for in particular when you're choosing which collagen or would you just say generally a collagen supplement is great or is there anything in particular that you should be looking out for i would be cautious of the ones that are kind of advertised on instagram because they tend to have a bit of an inflated price and also they tend to be very packaging heavy you get a lot that come in individual doses and Mm. it just seems very wasteful to me um so basically you want to make sure that there's just collagen in, in there there doesn't need to be anything else in there at all because collagen itself is flavorless they don't need to do anything to jazz it up um there's different types of collagen you've got marine collagen and you've got bovine collagen so marine collagen being coming from fish and um that's really great for well lots of different areas but particularly skin health and your joint health and then the bovine collagen is particularly good for gut health and keeping the gut lining nice and healthy there are some products that contain a blend of different things um so getting a a few different types of collagen is helpful Mm -hmm. um but also making sure that well it's, it's often better to get collagen peptides because they're just easier to absorb yeah definitely and i think being plant-based i found that the tremella mushroom is actually a natural source of collagen Mm -hmm. because i was really wanting to kind of start taking collagen now just to kind of like do all the help myself when i get older and um i found that like the dirty brand the uh yeah tremella mushroom is Mm -hmm. a natural kind of it's called the beauty mushroom and it's a natural collagen source so i now take that which i think yeah if anyone's plant-based that is a good one to kind Mm -hmm. of take so you mentioned the other supplements being like zinc vitamin e how can you tell if you need to supplement those it's a hard one because 
I currently don't take any supplements. My mum currently doesn't take any supplements. And we were having the conversation of, but what supplements do we need and how do we know what when we need to take more? You don't really know unless you have some tests done. And when you, when you go to your doctors, the only tests they tend to run on nutrients are things like vitamin D, B12, maybe folic acid, and you don't really tend to get anything else tested. So there's very limited information that you can get easily. Um, But really the main thing is to make sure that you're having a varied diet with lots of fruits and vegetables and nuts and seeds, plenty of good fats. That's gonna help you get a wide variety of vitamins and minerals. Um, Supplement wise, Yes, you can take a a good quality multivitamin. You know, it's certainly not going to do you any harm. Whether it's going to correct deficiencies, you know, it's difficult to say depending on how well you're absorbing and also dependent on, you know, what deficiencies you have and, and whether, you know, they are severe deficiencies and also why you have them. Because, you know, it's all well and good establishing that you have a zinc deficiency, but you also need to figure out, well, why have you got a zinc deficiency? Because... You should be getting plenty of it from your food um, unless you're eating a very processed diet. Um, So it's not just about supplementing and that's where kind of supplements fall down really in terms of what's available to the general public because often it doesn't actually address the root of the problem and also they are quite often poor quality. Um, you know, kind of made in a test tube as opposed to being in their natural food state form. Um, And there's a difference, you know, we get the synthetic version of the vitamin or the mineral, um, and then we get the natural version and they're chemically different. And our body works best with the natural version of it. So getting your nutrients from food or food state supplements is going to be much more beneficial uh, than getting yeah I think what you're saying is so accurate and I also think that personalized is best and if you are wanting to lose weight if you are wanting to look better feel better and like invest the time it's probably better to invest the money into getting those kind of personalized tests done so then the work that you do put in does actually work yeah I think you actually end up saving money in the long run from finding out what's going on in your body what it is you need to do food wise supplement wise it's going to get you from point a to b much much quicker and save you spending loads of money on supplements that probably aren't going to be suitable for you i have so many women come to me that are on this long long list of supplements and they're spending hundreds of pounds a month on these supplements and so often none of them are actually what they really need or not at the right doses or in the right form um so yeah you you save a lot of time must time money and effort in actually investing that money up front and getting the right advice yeah no so true and I also think it's important to say like aging is normal yes and enjoy the process I think happiness smiling laughing is also great and makes you look and feel better Mm -hmm. so I think it's important to also say that I think it could be really easy to kind of get in that negative rut of like I don't feel like myself and like mm. I don't look great and like all of these things and actually yeah if you are happy enjoying the process it does make a difference yeah, as well definitely and I think it's important to remember that aging is a privilege and yeah. um you know 
trying to look at it that way makes you feel a lot better about things but also from a, a weight perspective for women it is completely normal to carry a bit of extra weight as you go into your 40s and 50s and it's actually quite important because your fat tissue helps you to make estrogen so where your ovaries start to shut down and produce less estrogen that bit of extra fat I'm not talking about loads of extra fat but that bit of extra fat helps you to normalize your estrogen levels and that is really helpful for helping to minimize some of those menopausal symptoms but also for protecting your bone health because estrogen is so important for keeping your bones healthy keeping your brain healthy in the long term and what we know is that women who have lower estrogen levels for a significant period of time are at higher risk of osteoporosis and also cognitive decline so that little bit of extra fat that you get around menopause is actually doing wonders for your health yeah so interesting like our bodies are clever like all these things do happen for reasons and that you can't completely try and stop the process like it Mm -hmm. is a natural process so that's really good point and I think all of this is so interesting like you actually kind of debunked the whole myth of like restrict cut back do this do that actually the opposite is Mm -hmm. what you need to be doing in a more educated kind of purposeful way Mm -hmm. so yeah I think a lot of people will be like Wow, that's so interesting. So thank you so, so much for coming on. We do have a final question, which is bringing you all back to food again, which is what would your last meal be? Personally, starter, main course and dessert. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so starter, I'm, I'm going to go for, this isn't very nutritious. That's fine. It's your last <laughs> meal. It can be whatever you yeah. want. Um, I'm going to go for deep fried halloumi because Ooh. I had some amazing deep fried halloumi recently and it was just incredible. So I'd have that as my store starter. As my main, I think I'm going to have to go for pizza because I just love pizza. Good one. What's your topping? Go on. Um, I need the details. We need some blue cheese on there. Mm. We need some caramelized onion, some mushrooms. Um maybe some chorizo yeah and spinach yeah I think those are the main things yeah nice that is a that's a good one that's a good one (laughs) okay dessert dessert I think what would I go for maybe it's just you can't beat a brownie you can't beat a really good brownie with some clotted cream yep gooey Mm -hmm. rich Mm -hmm. yeah you'll you'll end on a high there yeah that's a good one (laughs) louise thank you so much for joining me again i think yeah as i mentioned a lot of people will really value this i looked at the statistics at the end of the the year and a lot of my audience are women so i was like this is the best way to kind of kickstart the year Mm -hmm. if you want to kind of prepare your body for you know as you get older putting in those healthy habits now and for those people who are trying to lose that stubborn weight this is probably really really helpful so thank you so much for coming on thank you for having me it's been great thank you guys so so much for listening and i hope you enjoyed the episode i want to quickly highlight that louise is hosting a virtual boot camp next week on the 15th of january where every day she deep dives into all the topics that we discussed today in more detail so if you want to learn more about what we spoke about check the episode show notes and all the details will be in there as well as a discount code that louise has kindly provided for us so definitely check that out but again thank you so so much for listening and i'll see you again next week (laughs) 